chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. We see another, another passage in, in another part here in Moses' life where um, he comes in the presence of God. And there's some, there's some warnings, some commands given here. I, I titled the message tonight, Reverence in His Presence. And I'm going to look at a few things. One is Moses is a mediator. Um, so Moses is a picture of Christ to us as we look at this passage. But mostly I want to look at preparations to be in the presence of the Lord. As, as the people of Israel are going to see His presence here on the mount, they're given some, some instructions in that. So um, let's have a word of prayer. I think, I, think I'll, uh, I won't read right through the chapter. We'll, we'll read a little bit and then um, we'll get into the part, the. Uh, the points that I have this evening. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you uh, for our time tonight. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the children and the music they sang for us. Lord, just guide them, protect them uh, from the attacks of Satan, from the influence of the world. Lord, that each one of them will grow up to be godly young people and serve you uh, all of their life. Father, help us as we uh, look into your word to consider what we just sang. Oh, how I love Jesus. Father, if that's true in my life, then everything you've written is precious, and I'm going to apply it to my heart and life. Lord, use your word, and we'll praise you for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So read, we're going to read down through verse 9 here to begin with. It says, In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people, and laid before their faces all the words which the Lord commanded them. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words to the people of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. Now, I don't want to dwell on this a lot tonight, but it is, it's a picture of Christ as we, as we consider Moses. He was the mediator for Israel. God didn't speak directly to the people. He spoke to Moses, and, and Aaron came and gave them the words that Moses told him to speak. Moses came and spoke to the people the words that God told him. He was the mediator, and, and that's our picture. And we're going to see it probably next week. Um, we'll go into the worshiping the idol as Israel. Moses is up on the mount for 40 days, and the people uh, get Aaron to make the idol for them, and they worship the idol. Uh, 
God looks down upon, uh, off of the mountain and he looks on the people of Israel and he says, I'm going to destroy them and raise a people up unto me out of your seed. He says, we'll start over with you, Moses. And Moses does this over and over as they come through the wilderness. He fell down and interceded for the people. Uh, Moses loved the people and he was always there to intercede for them. And, and that's, that's a great picture for us. Our mediator between... God and man is the man Christ Jesus. And so we see this picture as he goes up and back and forth. And I, like I said, I'm not going to dwell on it tonight. But it, keep it in mind. Not that Moses was God. Moses was a man like we are. But he was a picture in the Bible for us. But I want to look through the rest of the chapter. We're going to read nine, or 10 on through 25. And see, as, they, as God prepares them for His presence, He said, I'm going to come unto thee in a thick cloud there in verse 9, that the people may hear when I speak in thee and believe thee forever. They're going to see it and they're going to hear it. Uh, that's an amazing thing to me. So verse 10, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourself, that ye go not up unto the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not an hand touch it, but he shall, be, he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man. It shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. Moses went down from the mount unto the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud about the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Can you imagine this? This scene that's going on right now, this thick cloud comes upon the mount, the voice of a trumpet exceeding loud. Uh, it had to have been frightening. It had to have been just awesome standing there and seeing what's going on. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. So there's smoke, there's an earthquake, this mountain is shaking, the noise, the, the scene had to have just been tremendous. And the Lord said unto Moses, uh, let me see, I skipped a couple. Verse 19, And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to, the mount, up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mount, and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priest and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. This is an amazing setup to me, as he tells them that he's coming. Now his presence is there in the, in the, 
pictured in the cloud at day and the fire by night. They see his presence um, they know he's with them, but this is a different deal. He's coming down to speak, and, and they've been given some things they're told to do. Now, it's pretty simple, but it's, it's, an, it's important that we remember these things, that we look back over them again. Now, he said in verse 10, as they prepare for this, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Now, that is a purification. Sanctify is to clean, to cleanse, to, to make ready. It's over and over and over through the Bible that when we come into the presence of the Lord, we are to be purified, that we're to be sanctified. You know, today we live in the age of grace, and I'm, I'm thankful for where I am today. I'm glad I get to live when I do, that, that, I, that I can look to Jesus Christ and accept Him through faith, and that I'm robed in His righteousness. And I can go to the presence of God. That my mediator is Jesus Christ. Every time I fail, he says, my blood paid for that. My blood paid for that. But it's the same thing. I'm to go before his presence in purity. Sanctified and clean. His blood paid for my sin, but I fail him every day. And I'm told that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If there's sin there, I can't go to His presence anymore. So purity is important, and it's, it's throughout the Word of God. What, what does it say in 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a powerful verse, because it says who He is and what He does, and that I can be purified. One of, the, one of Satan's greatest tricks, I believe, one of his greatest lies, at least in my own life, that I struggled with as a young man particularly, is that I could not be purified enough. I knew my sin. Now, I knew I was saved, but I knew my sin, and I knew in my heart where I was with God, and Satan convinced me at some points in my life that my purity was something maybe way off down the future but that I was not going to be right before God today because of the sin that I had allowed in my life. Satan convinces us that, that confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins is not necessarily true. Does that make sense what I'm saying? If I truly believe that, then I know that when I get down on my knees before him and say, Lord, I've failed you again. I cannot walk on my own. I, I need you in every aspect of my life, Lord. Just guide me today and forgive me for these sins. That verse says he's faithful. That means every single time the slate is wiped completely clean. It's not kind of clean. It's pure. He's faithful to do it every single time I go before him. So daily I'm purified. If I go before him in faith, if I, if I trust Him, He cleans me perfectly. He's faithful and just. It means he's, he's capable and He's the one that has the authority to do so. That's why I love that verse. It explains how He does it. He does it every time, but He does it because He is the one. Because His blood has the power to do so. Because He's Almighty God. So when I come before His presence, I have to come in purity. But don't let Satan deceive you that it can't be that way. He will deceive us that we cannot get pure to come before Him. 
The Bible says, listen, if you come in faith and you confess, you're purified. Just as if you've never sinned. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, says much the same thing. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh him shall have mercy. Pretty simple verse, but I love simple things. I, you consider what it says there. You know what? If I hide it in my heart, if I'm okay with it, if I'm going to go on living that way, I'm not going to prosper. My life is not going to be blessed by God. But whosoever confesseth, whoso confesseth and forsaketh him shall have mercy. I don't need to expound on that, do I? The Bible's pretty clear. Go before him, confess your sins, you're purified. You know, when we're coming before his presence, he's going to accept us when we've trusted him to clean, trusted him to sanctify. They did it for two days. They did it for two days, the first day and the second day. <laughs> sanctify them today and tomorrow and tomorrow. So they're they're purifying the inner man. It's interesting to me, too, that he says, and let them wash their clothes. And let them wash their clothes. <laughs> I thought about that. That's funny. So, can you come to church in, in dirty clothes? It's not what it's talking about. We're going we're gonna to ask you when you come in, how, how many times have you wore those pants? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's an interesting thing to me. But it is, get the filth of the world off of you. Out of your life completely. Wash off the dust and the grime of this life and get it off of you. It's, it's, a, it's almost an outward cleansing as much as, as it is an inward cleansing. What's it say in James 1? James 1 says that I'm to be unspotted from this world. Pure religion is to be... To, to visit the fatherless and the widows and to keep myself unspotted from this world. That my garments are clean. <laughs> that, there's no, that there's no indication of that world on me anymore. You're coming before the presence of the Lord. Go wash your clothes. Christian, the, the filth of this world has no place in the life of the Christian. It, it should have no place in my home. It should have no place in my life. So when I'm going before His presence, my robes are clean. My life is unspotted from this world. My heart is purified. I'm ready to go stand before the King of Kings. We always use this illustration and it's perfect. If you were going to go stand before the governor of Texas, you would go in your very best. You get to meet Governor Abbott. I'm not going to go in gym shorts and a tank top. You'll never see me that in that anyway. But I'm never going before him that way. I'm not going to go sloppily. I'm going to make sure that I am presentable. And, and that's not a thing saying that we should have a, a suit and tie on in church. That's not what that means. That means that when I go before the presence of God, I am in the best condition I can get myself in. By His power, I've, I've confessed my sin. I'm purified. My life is unhindered by this world. The things of this life have been taken away. I'm going before His presence, purified and clean. 
I thought I was going to win a trip to see on, uh, President Trump one time. That's what it said on the email. <laughs> I'll never stand before kings or presidents, but I do get to stand before the King of Kings. And I need to do it rightly. I need to do it soberly and, and with my heart pure and ready to go before Him. We get to stand before the Creator of the universe. I sang, oh, how I love Jesus. It's going to present itself, it's going to, it's going to prove itself when I go before Him in purity. Walking circumspectly, going in reverence, in total reverence to His presence, to who He is and what He is. My life surrendered to Him. He said, listen, you, you sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes says in verse 15, Be ready against the third day and come not at your wives. There is some sacrifice as well in the presence of God. They were to give up some things for a while. You're focused now because you're getting ready to go stand before the king. You're going to stand before Almighty God. Your focus for the next three days is that and that alone. Get your heart ready. My point tonight is we... we we don't understand many times or we take it for granted who we're standing before. The gravity of the moment. That I'm going to go and I'm going to walk into the presence of Almighty God. If I could physically see Him here, we'd all be on our face. We'd all be confessing and, and just keep our mouth shut in His presence. But we take it lightly that every time I bow my head to pray, pray, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm at. I'm in His presence. It's not, a, it's not a light thing then. Boy, we pray before every time we eat. And it's right that we do that. That's a good thing. We should thank the Lord. It teaches our children gratitude. It's, it continually brings before our mind that we, are, that we ought to be thankful to Him. But so many times it's just, we repeat the same thing. It's just talking. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for my family and, and all that you've given me. Thank you for this food. Lord, bless it to our bodies. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I can't tell you how many times I've said a prayer like that before a meal. And am I understanding that every time I bow my head and say, Father, I've entered his presence? Moses took his shoes off when he saw the burning bush. Jesus, God said, Moses, take off the shoes. The, the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Show reverence and respect is what that means. Then they set some boundaries. They set some boundaries. Uh, verse 12, Now shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up to the mount, nor touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall surely be put to death. Man, it says in verse 13, even the beasts. If your, if your oxen goes over and touches the mount, he will be put to death. If you see a man going towards the mount to, to cross the borders that we've set up, he's either to be stoned or shot through. Take him down with a spear or an arrow. Kill that individual. 
We think that is harsh. But it's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. He's showing the importance of it. Three million people stood there and they watched the, the mountains shake and the trumpet was the sound of a trumpet getting louder and louder and then God starts talking to Moses. They are there in the presence of Almighty God. It's an awesome scene and, and an incredible time. And God says, don't even come up to the bottom of the mountain. Don't get into that cloud. Don't touch it. Or the Lord will break op- uh, forth upon you. I don't think I can explain, I don't think I can put into words the, the power of that statement. What exactly that means. But he is going to kill that individual. The Lord is going to break forth upon them. You're in the presence of God. Take it literally, seriously, and in reverence. We are, we are those that have been raised in church, so I can speak for myself in this. It's something that we've always done. My, my parents took me in to church when I was in a week or two old. And we never missed. And I praise the Lord for that. I, I'm not complaining about that, not in the least. I am so thankful for the heritage that I have. But it tends to lead to apathy. It tends to lead to getting used to it. Going to church is just another thing. It's what I do on Sundays. It's what I do on Wednesdays. I know that as a kid, I was never going to miss a church service. Had to have a leg hanging off, be sick enough to stay home. We were going to go to church, and I praise the Lord for that, but it got very routine. We, We pray, and it gets very routine. Are we really considering the presence of God. Don't even go up to the mount. The, the power of God is such that if you do, you die. There's boundaries set for them. There's, there's requirements made for them. And then I want to look at the orders that were given. And it's back in verse 5. Verse 5, very simply put, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a pe- peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. What an awesome promise there given to his people. You simply obey me and keep my covenant. Okay? Don't let the world ever convince you that it's a burden to serve the Lord. I'm thankful for the balance he sets. Thankful for the commandments he's given. He says, obey me. Just serve me. Surrender to me. Walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm going to make you a peculiar people unto myself. All the earth is mine. Okay? It's mine, and yet you're going to be a peculiar people unto me. We read this morning that we are a peculiar people. Chosen generation. A royal priesthood in in God's kingdom now because of His blood, because of the Son's blood. And He says, listen, as long as you obey me, that fellowship is there. That closeness is there. This presence is there. But do what it says in the book. I can't sit in here and read you all the commands. He, he said, obey me. And then if you read Exodus, it's several chapters now that start giving the commands, the way to live according to what God wanted Israel to do. And much of that, much of that applies to us today. 
still. Not that we have to live by the law, but it's just good practical things to understand. challenge you to read chapter 19 all the way down through um, 24 or 25. I don't remember exactly. As Moses is up on the top of the mountain, God is giving him all these commands. He said, listen, simply obey me. Keep my covenant, and I'm going to bless you. I, I own all the earth. It's all mine. I'm going to make you, set you above, because you're peculiar, treasure unto me. We can go into his presence. We are, we are blessed today to not have to have Moses as a mediator. I'm so thankful I don't need a priest to go to God for me. I can go directly to him. The veil was torn. Now we can walk into the presence of Almighty God. Do we do it in reverence? Do we understand the, the importance, the weight of the moment as we walk into his presence every time we do it in purity, unspotted from this world, and in total reverence and total surrender to him? Are we grateful for his presence? So thankful I can go before him. I want to walk with him this week. Let's, let's walk soberly and righteously in this present world this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our...